If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. There, um, Peter is um, encouraging believers. He knows that they are under great duress at the outset. He knows that some of the things that they are facing are, are very difficult. He writes unto them to comfort them and to remind them who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ. He also reminds them what they have in the Lord beyond the suffering and the difficulty of this world. So First Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, Hear then the word of the Lord. Blessed be the God. This is the way he introduces himself to the suffering Christians that he's addressing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And may God then add His blessing to this reading of His holy and precious Word of God. We find in Scripture um, a sure teaching with regard to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We live in a day um, in which, um, from a humanistic point of view, to most in that context, uh, resurrection is not realistic. We have come to uh, a generation that only believes that what they can see, touch, feel, and hear, and test with their experience. Personally, they have come to say, I'm sorry, I have no need of that in my life if I can't, if I can't see it. The Christian church professes something quite different. The Christian church professes that there are things that, that are unseen. That there are things that we do not behold with our eyes and we understand that we live by faith. You see, we have not lost that in the Christian church, the true Christian church. We live by faith, not by sight. 
But all that is speaks of those things that are the... Um, we know that the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows forth His handiwork and also bears witness to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We know that um, the Scriptures have much to say about the resurrection of our Lord, but it not only speaks just of our resurrection, but it speaks of uh, not only of the Lord's resurrection, but of our resurrection as, as well. It is, it is at the heart, it is at the heart of our faith. Uh, the study that I did this time, I went back through Scripture and I began to look at all of Scripture as it spoke of resurrection. Wow, what a study. And you know what? I, I, I was subsumed. I was just overwhelmed about how central the Scriptures speak to us about resurrection through the resurrection of our Lord. And uh, in the book of Acts, I, I found one in which Paul is being arrested and he's being examined. And as he's being examined, uh, he appeals to his position as a Pharisee and he knew that there were Sadducees present in the group and as he was being tried, he proclaimed and he said, well, you know, uh, I'm being persecuted for the gospel and for the resurrection of the dead. And he knew immediately that was going to divide the house. And uh, he says uh, to Agrippa, he says this eventually to his accuser, why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? Why should it be a thought that such an incredible thing to you that God raises the dead? You remember that when he was speaking to those in Athens, he speaks to them. And uh, you know how that ends. Uh, he had his hearing and he speaks to, about that unknown God and he comes to the end of it. And he spoke of the resurrection of the Lord and the resurrection from the dead. And there were many who wanted to hear uh, what he had to say further about the resurrection from the dead. My dear friends, you and I as believers, um, we find in First Thessalonians... Um, we find there, brothers, I would not have you to be uninformed about those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So therefore, we believe that Jesus will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep in that day. And I love that promise, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the promise of us who are in Christ that we shall be raised with Him and be with Him in that day. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the disembodied spirit, but I know that those of our loved ones that have passed away in this world, I know that, um, I know that they are with the Lord. That much I know from the Gospel of John. Uh, I prepare a place for you. Uh, I go up and prepare a place for you in John 14 so that where I am, there you may be also. So we have that promise in Scripture from the Lord Himself who was going to the cross that we would be with Him where He is when we pass from this world. And what a great promise that is. Sometimes people put so much stock in breathing and living in this world and believing all that this is. 
But I, I am convinced that uh, our loved ones who have left this world in Christ, my dear friends, they, uh, they are much better off than we are today. I, I say that to you by the word of the Lord. For they are, they are with the Lord. They are, they are supremely blessed in this day. Because they are with Him who loved Him and gave them Himself for them. Uh, their, their work on earth is done. They are done with sin and sorrow in this world. My dear friends, that counts for a great deal to know and anticipate as a believer that there will come a day when we will be done with it. The sorrow the sin, the suffering, the disease, the way of this world. And my dear friends, uh, to know finally that um, our dear ones who are with the Lord are resting in Him. And that is specifically, quote, they, they rest in the Lord. So that I do know about the disembodied state, about those who are with the Lord that we love. Listen to this uh, passage in Revelation, I really like it. It's in Revelation 14 and verse 13. And listen to what it says. The book of Revelation. Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. Don't you love that collaboration between, <laughs> between the God? I love, yes, says the Spirit that they may rest from their labors and their deeds follow with them. And my dear friends, I, I, I enjoy that little verse from uh, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13. I love the little verse from Psalm 116, 15. And this is what it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Wow, what a verse. <laughs> How wonderful to know that even in that little short verse, in the Psalms is an expression of life to come in the Lord Jesus Christ that extends beyond this world and that you can have full assurance of that reality. My dear friends, much of Scripture speaks to us uh, about this and we, we need the encouragement in these days. Uh, at the end of the Thessalonians passage uh, there that talks about the coming of the Lord and Him bringing with them those who have fallen asleep, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, he ends the, the passage there by telling the believers at Thessalonica, comfort one another with these words. My dear friends, I believe that we're living in a time that has, uh, has, been, has been very painful for so many. And I, I would say that one of the things that many of us need is comfort. We, we need consolation. We need some encouragement. We need to know uh, that God's Word is, is true. Uh, I've just been reading a book by Timothy Keller. It's entitled, Hope in Times of, of Fear, The Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. What do you think about that? Hope, hope in time of fear. Tim Keller said, well, he said, I thought that things were uh, going pretty good there in New York. He said, but then the t Twin Towers fell before the church there. And he said, our lives were turned upside down. 
And he said, uh, we worked through that. And there were many that were fearful. There were many lives that were lost at the Twin Towers. And during that period of un- unrest and uncertainty, he said that, uh, I thought that in this world at least things would get somewhat better. He said, then I came down to find out that I had cancer. He said, then I had to go through the battle of the treatments and all that was involved in that. And he said, I survived, but not without great pain and with great suffering. And he said, then I thought, thought life would be a bit better. And he said, lo and behold, uh, the coronavirus hit New York. And he said, members of my church were passing left and right. And I was concerned about them. And he said, I recognized that one of the things that, that my congregation needed was hope because their fear level had risen to such a great level that uh, they needed to know that God was there and that God was watching over all of us, even those who had passed in the Lord, that the Lord was with them. And then he said, I wrote this book finally. He said, because just when I thought we were coming through some of that, he said, I just discovered a short time ago that I had now pancreatic cancer. And he said, I knew that the outcome of this would not be good. And it probably would point to my death here on the earth as I, as I know the earth. And he, so he said, the, the thing that I studied, he said, I went to my word and, and I, I prayed and I sought the word of God. And he said, the thing that the Lord led me to was a study of the doctrine of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all of its implications. And he said, that has been the greatest blessing that I've ever experienced. And he said, now with great joy, he said, I face the prospect of heaven. And I thought, wow, don't you, don't you desire that each one of us would have that kind of assurance as we approach death's door? To have the assurance that uh, we are the Lord's and that there is something better coming. And uh, so I just commend that little book to you and hope that, uh, that maybe it will bring some encouragement to you. Hope in times of fear. The resurrection and the meaning of Easter. What a great thing to know. As we come to the table today... Um, we come already having experienced the resurrection to a great degree as believers. Ephesians chapter 2 proclaims to us those of us who have come to the Lord through the gospel and have been born again. He declares there that once you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, rich in mercy made you alive together with Christ. Our Lord rose from the dead. But God, being rich in mercy, made you alive together with Christ. And our life is hidden with Christ in the heavenlies. Our life as believers have actually already been raised. (laughs) Did you? Did you know that? We have, we have already been raised if we are Christ. Our life is already hidden. It's already there. In its most prime, significant, important part, 
we are, we are with Christ. And it is already done. It's a great mystery, isn't it? How you are here this morning and you love the Lord though you've not seen Him. Don't you love Peter? Though you've not seen Him, you love Him. And you look for something that you don't see by faith. And my dear friends, but what a great witness we have in Scripture of life to come through the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, your life is hidden with Christ. And when you come to this table, you declare it. That my life ultimately is not here. I'm simply a pilgrim. I am a pilgrim in this land. I'm just passing through. That as I come to this table and my Savior is with me and I'm with Him, actually more of my life is with Him than I would say is here. And so, my dear friends, ought it not be um, something that believers um, come and attest to in an open way that we're headed home? You and I are headed home. It's, a, it's already appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. And I find that oftentimes um, we, we pray, approach uh, leaving this world with, uh, with great sadness and sorrow. And we hate to see them go. But you know, one believer told me as her spouse was laying in state, she said, I know he loves the Lord and he's trusting the Lord. I wouldn't bring him back from the glory and the presence of the Lord for nothing in the world. She said, uh, as a matter of fact, she said, I remember, she said uh, what David said, my son cannot come back to me, but I will go be with my son. Dear friends, and when we have loved ones who pass from this world, there is a sense, if they know the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friends, you ought to be relieved in a certain sense that they are now with the Lord. They are better off than we are. That they are in His presence. R.C. Sproul was walking out the, uh, the door when Dr. James Kennedy passed away and one of his uh, associates said to him, said, boy, um, uh, R.C., that was, that was really sad. I hate to see him go. And R.C. turned to him. He said, I was just struck for a second, R.C. said. And he said, don't you know that James is experiencing the most joyful Presence of the Lord right now? What do you mean sorrowful and sad? My dear friends, I pray that you would have such a faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that you would anticipate the goodness of the Lord even in your passing from this world. That you would know Him and the power of His resurrection. That indeed, that's what the... Apostle Paul looked to. He longed to know the Lord and to be with the Lord. Uh, I, I'm torn between... I love Philippians. I'm torn between the two. I don't know what to do. I, I, I want to go home to be with the Lord, which is far better. Don't you hear it? Don't you love it? I, I want to, I'm torn. I don't know what to do here. I, I, I want to go home to be with the Lord, which is far better. But it's more important that I stay here and do the work that He's called me to do. Don't you love that heart? We we long to be with the Lord. Because the pain, the suffering, the sin, 
of this world, I wouldn't want it to last forever. Amen? Oh, I wouldn't want it to last forever. I'm glad that there's a risen Lord. I'm glad that there's a Lord that loves you. He was risen from the dead for your sake. He's calling you home eventually. And my prayer and my hope is that you are ready to meet Him. It does not yet appear what we shall be. (laughs) But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Oh, my dear friends, have we put so much hope in this world that we have forgotten, that we're just uh, tempering our life after the pain and suffering. Well, we just get used to it, but we just want to live forever like this. And I say to you, the faith of the believer is one in which God gives you purpose and meaning. Now, that's what I love about what Timothy Keller said. Timothy Keller said, as I studied the resurrection of all that Christ has accomplished and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, he said, I recognize that the sufferings of this present age are not worth comparing to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Philippians, Paul writes again in the third chapter, and he says this, In verse 21, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself? Agrippa, why is it such a difficult thing to think that God could raise the dead? I tell you the difficulty that we face is that human beings, we have, we have no foundation on which to accept the resurrection other than by our own experience, which is the experience of death eventually, and we know it. So that is what the world has to go in. Um, we live, we pay taxes, and we die. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's some of the old, old wisdom of this world. But I tell you for the believer, no, no, we don't come in pessimism. We do, we do not. We do not come to such a, a, a concession to the world. We believe, Lord, that this is just the beginning and that our life in this world accounts for something and means something and is very, very important. And how we live our life in this world is very important in the world to come. And uh, as we live for the Lord's sake, uh, and we die more and more to this body of the flesh, my dear friends, uh, isn't it true that we desire as believers more and more the restoration that the Lord is bringing? We desire it more and more. You see that in Philippians. There are such great verses Job, Job writes about the resurrection, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that He shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, 
whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Don't you understand that Job, his faith, he's expressing uh, that, that yes, I'm going to go through this world, and there is going to come a day appointed for me to die, and I'm going to die, and uh, I will go home to be with the Lord. And there's going to come a day when I shall stand on that mount, and I shall see the Lord my King, and I shall see Him raised in light body, and I shall be like unto Him in my flesh. And my dear friends, Job specifically says that that resurrection is a resurrection of the body. Now, we can talk about resurrection all you want to, and I hear people talk about it uh, theoretically and ethereal. You know, my loved one became an angel today. No, 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 no. When we leave this world, we do not become angels um, he made us a little lower than the angels. And, uh, and we, we are not beings uh, of that nature. We are His children. We are His children in the flesh. And just as He has been raised bodily, He too in His likeness you will be raised as well. And that is His promise by the Word of God. I'll tell you why the world doesn't believe this. Because they don't believe in the Lord. I'll tell you why they don't believe in that something to come after this life is because they don't believe God's Word. My dear friends, why was it so hard for Agrippa to believe that God could raise the dead? Is it too difficult for him? <laughs> no. You see, the issue was uh, that, that God was not believed. But I say to you this morning, in, in the flesh, we may have some difficulty figuring out all the variables. What does a disembodied body look like? <laughs> what is it like to be with the Lord? What is it going to be like when He comes back and the dead in Christ are raised first and their bodies are rejoined, <laughs> redeemed with their souls? Uh, my dear friends, uh, have you had questions about the wonder and the beauty of what is in store for your life to come? My dear friends, God has something truly in store for you and for me. My dear friends, I, I believe that, that God is going to restore Lonnie bodily. I'm going to have Lonnie's eyes and I'm going to have Lonnie's body. Now, I tell you the change that's going to take place and it's kind of hard to comprehend, but the change is the molecules and everything are going to be there and all that I am um, is going to be there, but it's going to be changed. Lonnie, Lonnie won't be the same. He's going to be Lonnie and you're going to know him when you meet him. You're going to see him, but his consistency is going to change. And his hair may not be gray this time. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? That one may not be missing a leg now. Yes, there's going to come a change in constitution, but it's going to be bodily. And I am going to fellowship with my Lord. And He's going to fellowship with me in the glory of His redemption. My dear friends, what do you believe about resurrection? What do you believe about your life in the future? Are you preparing your life for the future? I tell you what, in the day that Lonnie dies, don't you dare mourn. You put that casket on your shoulders. 
You take it to the gravesite, and you sing the doxology. Amen. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. And you give Him thanks, and you rejoice that Lonnie now doesn't have to walk the way of this world. That He is with the Lord. No more to suffer. No more sin. No more disease. No more difficulty. What is your faith? What is your walk with the Lord this morning? Are you putting all your eggs in this basket? Dear friends, be faithful to what God has called you to do while you're here. But I encourage you to prepare in Christ for what's to come. Would you hear the word of the Lord this morning? For this is what you have in Christ. He who is raised from the dead. You too. He will change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. But listen to this one. It is from Romans 8. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Boy, that's a powerful one, isn't it? Romans 8. What a great testimony in the 11th verse. The same Spirit that raised our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. If He dwells in you, in Christ, that same Spirit will raise your mortal body to a likeness like unto His, and you shall be with the Lord by the work of God. May the Lord prepare our hearts for His table in the light of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Come to His table. Fellowship with Him. Find your joy and your hope and your future in Him who is already in heaven waiting for you. May the Lord be with you and may He bless you. And may I say that in the light of the seriousness of the teaching of the resurrection and its implications for us, remember that uh, the table here is fenced and it is for those who love the Lord and who are trusting in Him alone for salvation as offered in the Gospel. I invite you to come if you're a believer, if you're trusting in Him. If you're here and you're not trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, I hope that you will hear the call of the Lord upon your life and that you will put your faith and trust in Him, that you will listen to Him in His Word and that He will grant you faith and repentance toward His Son and give you the hope that you need for life and for life to come. If not, if you know that you have none of Christ, we just ask you to uh, refrain from the table as you eat and drink judgment. So may the Lord be with you and may He lead you and prepare you this morning.